African Dialogue, looking at different events in depth, discussing a variety of issues. What we see here is a clear violation of one, the right to privacy of Tiwonge and uh, Stephen. The position of Greenpeace is that it's been a disappointing meeting. Thank you for joining us right here on Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. This is African Dialogue. Today, we are actually looking at a very interesting topic, looking at the future of African cities. We'll be previewing the Afri Cities Summit, which will be taking place next month in Johannesburg, South Africa. Next month, we'll be also broadcasting live in Santon, and uh, that is when the big summit is taking place. But before we look at this particular story, let's get our news update from Onel Nzinzi. And we take a look at your headlines this morning. Student organization COSAS in South Africa embarks on a nationwide strike in support of the fees must fall revolution across institutions of higher learning in the country. Cameroonian mo- Cam- Cameroonians mourn the 76 pilgrims who died in a stampede that claimed more than 2,000 lives in Mecca, Saudi Arabia. And the European Union plans to engage with Eritrea in order to find a solution to the migration of its citizens in Europe. The latest on your news, a very good morning. I am Onilin Sinti. Student organization COSAS in South Africa is embarking on a nationwide strike in support of the fees must fall revolution across institutions of high learning in the country. The organization says hundreds of young people will march to the offices of the Higher Education Department of the Capital Pretoria to demand free education. This is in solidarity with widespread protests at various institutions of higher learning over proposed hikes in tuition fees. COSAS Secretary General Kuleganis Kosana says they have to fight for their future. Our parents have tried to open accounts and save for us, but it is not enough. Uh, the system is trying to reduce us to people who must just have metric certificate and work at ShopRite and KFC. We also want to be engineers. We also want to be artisans. And it is only through access to tertiary education that we can realize our visions and our dreams. Furthermore, Northwest University students on the Mahigeng campus in South Africa have joined other universities countrywide in opposing the proposed increase in the 2026 tuition fee. The angry students have blocked the entrance of the campus, and those who are trying to report for duty are being denied entrance. Meanwhile, students' organizations' causes is set to support university students across the country in their protest against an increase in tuition fees in what they call a National Day of Action campaign. Bafedile Murani has the Student Congress, SASCO, has invited various political organizations and formations on campus, EFF Student Command, Student Union, to come and join us as we are, as we are embarking on this uh, mass protest. So now we're very clear, we're saying that uh, we want this thing uh, of council to sit, to discuss uh, 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 fee negotiation and to ensure that fees are not ridiculously uh, increased. In fact, we're saying this, uh, they must say how much should we decrease 
because they've seen that number of students have dropped out primarily because of all this issue of fee increment that is happening each and every year. Cameroonians have been mourning the 76 pilgrims who died in a stampede that claimed more than 2,000 lives in the Muslim holy land of Mecca in Saudi Arabia. After a day of national mourning, churches and mosques organized all-inclusive services on Tuesday night to remember the departed pilgrims and console their families. Mwake Kinzaka reports from the capital Yaoundé. The crush and stampede that struck the Hajj in Saudi Arabia is said to have killed at least 2,000 pilgrims. 76 of the 4,500 Cameroonians who respected the religious appointment died and many were declared missing. Cameroon's government spokesperson Issa Chiruma says it is possible some of the missing will no longer be found. And finally, the European Union says it is planning to engage deeply with Eritrea in order to find a solution to the migration of its citizens into Europe. Eritrea is one of the main sources of illegal migrants from Africa who bear the risk of crossing the Mediterranean Sea to get to Europe in search of a better life. The EU Commission High Representative for Foreign Affairs and Security Policy, Federica Mogherini, revealed this at the African Union headquarters in Addis Ababa, Ethiopia. Coletta Wanjohi has more. During her visit to the African Union headquarters in Addis Ababa, Ethiopia, she discussed pertinent issues affecting the relationship between European Union and Africa. And key among this discussion was the issue of the current migration crisis. The European Union Vice President Federica explained that Eritrea is one of the countries where the European Union wants to invest in different projects in order to stop the high flow of Eritreans from their countries into the European Union, most of whom go through the dangerous Mediterranean Sea. Recapping on your top stories, students' organization COSAS in South Africa embarks on a nationwide strike in support of the fees must fall revolution across the institutions of higher learning in the country. Cameroonians mourn the 76 pilgrims who died in a stampede that claimed more than 2,000 lives in Mecca, Saudi Arabia, and the European Union plans to engage with Eritrea in order to find a solution to the migration of its citizens into Europe. Channel Africa News. Well, thank you for joining us right here on African Dialogue, and this is on Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. You're listening to our service into the continent on the frequency 9625 kilohertz on the 31-meter band to Southern Africa. If you're listening to us on Channel 902 on DSTV, thank you as well for joining us. And online, you're listening to us on www.channelafrica.co.za. That's www.channelafrica.co.za. Well, today on our program we preview the Afri City Summit which will take place next month in Johannesburg South Africa. Now African cities face many challenges which range from service delivery to housing and creating jobs and with some of the greatest challenges being actually grassroots communities being more involved in local governance. With urbanization there are many opportunities but there are also many challenges of of, overpopulation in these particular cities where citizens flock 
for job opportunities. Now to focus on this issue, uh, next month the Afri City Summit will host its seventh edition at the Santon Convention Center uh, in uh, South Africa. And the theme of the gathering is set to be shaping the future of Africa with the people, Africa's local government contribution to the Africa 2063 vision. Now today we have the big, big key figures who are actually part of this particular event. We have the Secretary General of the United Cities and Local Governments of Africa, which is an umbrella body that really represents most of local governments on the continent. We have uh, Mr. Jean-Pierre Ilong Mbassi, and he's joining us there from Morocco. Also, we have the South African Local Government Association's chairperson, Tabo Magnoni, who's as well a mayor in the Mangung uh, local uh, municipality there. But let me start with you, Mr. Jean-Pierre Ilong Mbassi. Thank you for joining us on our program today. Hello. Now, uh, Mr. Mbassi, it's a pleasure speaking to you, but let us look at the work of the United Cities and Local Governments of Africa. Just look at its duties, what it does, because maybe some of the listeners don't understand what this umbrella body is responsible for. Can you unpack that for us very briefly? Well, the United Cities and Local Government of Africa uh, is uh, the creation of uh, the community of local government on the continent. And we were formed in uh, 2005 in the city of Swan in South Africa. And we were created to uh, champion decentralization policies and good governance at local level in Africa. And uh, we took uh, uh, this uh, stand because formerly there were three uh, main uh, gathering of local government in is on the uh, um, colonial languages. Um, you had uh, uh, the African Union of local authorities, which was uh, uh, mostly English-speaking countries. Then you have uh, Union de Ville Africaine, most French-speaking countries, and the United Unao de Cidades, Lusophono, the Portuguese-speaking. And uh, we realized at the first of the cities in 1998 in Abidjan that uh, this should not be the way African local government should uh, unite. And they decided to go beyond this uh, uh, colonial legacy and uh, form a truly united cities and local government of Africa. Mm. And uh, we are now uh, putting a, a common voice of local government, and this common voice is to build on the uh, uh, the, the, the work that uh, the local government do in uh, uh, trying to improve the living conditions of the African people at the grassroots level. Mm. And this is why we are lobbying all the partners, all the national government, including the African Union level, uh, to have the voice of local government expressed in any development and uh, 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 and any strategy aiming at uh, uniting, integrating, and developing uh, our continent. 
Well, let me move on uh, to our other guest, uh, who is uh, the South African Local Government Association's chairperson, Tabo Magnoni. Thank you for uh, giving us your time as well, Mr. Magnoni, and thank you for being part of this particular program. Now, let's look at the South African Local Government Association as well, because I've, I think it's only fair that I also look at that particular uh, duty of that organization, just for our listeners to have an understanding. Give us a little bit of that function of the association, sir. Oh, thanks very much. Let me say also uh, good day to all the listeners. Um, yes, I must indicate that we as South African Local Government Association, we basically are an association of all municipalities. In other words, we are an association of local government okay. uh, in South Africa. There are other associations all over uh, the continent, each and every part of the continent, every organized local government. Fortunately for us in South Africa, we also are recognized by the Constitution. The Constitution stipulates that there should be an organized local government, which basically will be an association that is looking into common matters that are pertaining to governance at uh, local government. As you all would uh, agree, matters that are happening anywhere in the world, whether formed by the state or so on, they really are having an impact on your cities. They have an impact on your municipalities. They have an impact on local government in general. So basically, as a, an association, what we do is we assist each other. In other words, we assist municipalities in terms of capacitating them on matters pertaining to governance, making sure that we've got leaders who can lead local government, uh, you know, as strong leaders. We also are assisting with matters pertaining to administration so that we have proper structures that are functioning in terms of the administration and also looking to general matters that uh, we are faced with in the Africa continent, uh, like uh, matters pertaining to mitigation and adaptation on matters pertaining to climate change, special planning, financing of infrastructure and municipalities and so forth. So that was basically uh, we as an association of municipalities in South Africa are looking into. You know, many mm. uh, matters pertaining to governance will also include uh, administrative matters, mm. what the Auditor General is uh, basically saying, how can we assist others also, you know, peer review mechanisms mm. and so forth. Looking so, into matters pertaining to corruption at local government, mm. how can we also address challenges at that level. So it's a whole range of issues that basically are affecting citizens, particularly your Africans and South Africans in terms of our association. Well, we'll actually delve into some of the matters that we want to deal with today, which range from issues of uh, how do we actually mobilize citizens into participating in local governments and also the significance yes. of this Afro-Afri-Cities Summit, which is going to be taking place uh, next month. It's the seventh edition. If you've just joined us today, we're speaking to prominent figures who are part of this gathering. Uh, we're speaking to uh, the uh, Secretary General, 
the United Cities and Local Governments of Africa, and Mr. Jean-Pierre Elong Mbasi, who was here just uh, a few months ago in South Africa. I remember seeing him at a, a conference that was taking place, which was really mobilizing the green community in cities in Pretoria. Uh, he was here, and it's great to speak to him, and we'll speak about those issues of how do we create a green economy within African cities. And also, we're joined by the South African Local Government Association chairperson, Tabu Manyoni, to also give us what's going to be happening at this Afri City Summit. We'll be broadcasting there next month, and we'll be part of the deliberations there, and be will be part of the action that's going to be taking place there in Santon. But hey, we want to get your views as well. What do you think is the future for African cities? Plus two seven seven nine six nine five seven nine three zero. Do you think it's a bright one, or do you think that uh, there's still many challenges? Plus two seven seven nine six nine five seven nine three zero. We've laid the foundation. We'll get into the matters after this break. Would like to get to know you, our listener. So, we are asking you to tell us the country you're in and how you listen to the station. Is it via shortwave, internet or satellite? And what do you enjoy listening to? You can SMS us at plus two seven eight two double three two five nine zero five, Or email us. It's at info at channelafrica.org. You can also tell us via Facebook or tweet us on the handle at channelafrica.org. Numerical 1 Or write to us at the address P.O. Box 91313 Auckland Park Johannesburg 2006 Republic of South Africa We look forward to hearing from you Channel Africa The voice of the African Renaissance Well, thank you for joining us right here on Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. This is African Dialogue with me, Benjamin Moshatama. And if you're listening to us on DSTV on Channel 902, today we're zooming into the Afri City Summit, previewing it before the action takes place. The theme this year is said to be shaping the future of Africa with the people, Africa's local government contribution to the Africa 2063 vision. I want to come back to this part of the conversation to you, Mr. Jean-Pierre Elongba in terms of uh, this particular issue of uh, shaping the future of Africa with the people. A very interesting topic, that is. And also it integrates the vision of the African Union, which we already know now is the 2063 vision. I know that you were really speaking about it as well the last time you were in South Africa. I know maybe you've been here maybe many times after that. But when I saw you with the uh, African Union Commission Chair, Nkosazana Zlamini Zuma, the 2063 vision, seemed to be the central theme during that particular visit. Why is this particular theme important at this particular time on our continent? Remember, um, we most of the African countries went through the structural adjustment policies. You remember, we stick on these policies for more than 20 years. And uh, during these times, uh, the forecast or the foresight was not uh, the practice of our governments. And most of the time we reflected, the, the timeline for our reflection was the appointment with uh, the World Bank and the IMF. It's, a, let's say, a quarter uh, in time. So uh, what the uh, African Union is doing 
to project uh, our views over 20, 50 years is just a revolution in our mindset. And it is very well welcome uh, in the, in the uh, uh, local government community because we, we know that uh, unless you reflect long term, you cannot build a trajectory towards a sustainable development. So uh, we welcome this vision 2063. We also welcome the, uh, the call for uh, the involvement of all layers of society to participate into this vision. Mm. So what we did is to say that uh, AfriCities will be a platform where all the uh, stakeholders will be joining to uh, beef up this uh, vision 2063, uh, not to leave it only at the level of the national states. And this is why we say shaping the future of Africa with the people. And with the people, we identify 18 key stakeholders on this continent mm. that will be contributing to try and get their own engagement to implement uh, this uh, Agenda 2063. So staying, it's very critical. Sure. Staying with you, Mr. Mbasi, with most African cities, it's very, very much uh, the the typical notion that uh, African cities sometimes fail to have an inclusive process, especially when it comes to city development and infrastructural changes in order to involve their citizens. Sometimes the main focus for African governments seems to be capital and uh, development and, uh, and investment in terms of that. They seem to be the central in terms of how we design our African cities. How do we shift that from the more economic perspective to the more people-centered perspective of how we build our cities? Your thoughts there, Mr. Mbasi? Well, you know, the, the, the thing that you should, you should understand is that urbanization is uh, picking up very quickly in mm. Africa. And it is not only translated in the growth of big cities. It is translated also in the growth of medium-sized cities and small cities. So we need to address uh, the urbanization process across the uh, territorial uh, uh, basis in which they, they are translating. This is my first remark. The second remark is that most of the uh, cities, including the biggest ones, are inherited from colonial uh, uh, times. And you have a small part of the city which resembles to the uh, cities in the West and a big chunk of the city is formed by uh, what we call uh, townships in the case of uh, South Africa mm. and uh, informal settlement in the case of other parts of Africa. Mm. So we need to build a, a more inclusive city that links the two parts of the cities. And this, is, this will come through a political conversation mm. uh, of the, 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 among city dwellers to know what type of the service we are ready to give to people, they are ready to pay, and the form of the city, the planning of the city that we want to promote so that the city is more inclusive and uh, safer for everyone. 
So th- this is the kind of uh, reflection needs conversation. We cannot do it just uh, by 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 uh, planning or by, you need a debate on the level of services and the level of sharing that uh, people are ready to accept so that their city become more inclusive. Mm. Let me move that to the chairperson of Salga, Mr. Tabumanyon, in terms of your thoughts around that, because uh, that's that's a key point that uh, uh, Mr. Ambassi is highlighting there in, in, in creating those inclusive cities where we have a landscape, a historical landscape, where we have previously disadvantaged slums or townships on the continent, and uh, some of them are not really linked very well to economic hubs within those particular areas. How can can we improve that, Mr. Magnoni? Um, let me first uh, also agree with Mbasi that uh, in our special penny has been more dependent on the colonial approach to how people should be uh, settled and so on. And this has been uh, a problem in the sense that the poorer will always be having their own pockets far away from the economic activities. So the issue of inclusiveness and also in terms of the theme of African cities now is to ensure that people who basically are affected, they should also take part and be able to make inputs and indicate to governors, if I must call those who are ruling at local government and those who are heading cities as governors, what exactly needs to be done in order to mitigate and in order to address uh, this type of uh, challenges, but also to do that. You know, in South Africa, we have what do we, we, we normally call IDPs, where we go to people when we're preparing for budgets and ask them as communities which would be your priorities and so forth. And in most cases, you'll find that uh, not all people basically take part in those type of processes. Hence, we are saying inclusiveness will also go with uh, the issue of smart cities, connectivity, being able to be in touch and be able to talk to each other instead of talking against each other, as you'll see with instability that is taking place in cities and so on, simply because we can be able, be able to communicate with each other. People feel alienated, particularly young people, from their cities. So the issue of smart cities also comes in, the issue of connectivity. How do we ensure that we have the infrastructure for people to make inputs in determining their lives and their livelihoods. So it's quite a whole range of issues that we basically will be looking into to come with solutions to these uh, issues that we will be faced with. But mm-hmm. also, we will be taking a peer review uh, exercise. How are our brothers and sisters in the continent are also trying to deal with some of these issues? You have seen now in the news we've been talking about uh, the movement of people, migrations and mm, so on, mm. that is affecting our people in Central Africa and also in the north part of Africa. These people are moving from the cities, and wherever they are going, they are going to cities, and there are challenges there. You're putting more pressure on the infrastructure that cannot even accommodate the people who basically have been there before and so forth. Mm. And people are looking for better futures. You know, they want stability. What are we saying as citizens of cities? What are we saying as mayors of cities about instability in some of our areas? 
how can we come with better ways of communicating with the habitants and citizens to make sure that at least we can have one voice in determining the livelihoods of our own uh, citizens and cities. So it's really an issue that I think we'll be looking into as Afro-cities, particularly the movement of people. Not only people who are moving because of economic uh, problems that they, they are faced with, but also instability politically and otherwise. So we would basically be looking to those matters. But I'm saying, in South Africa, we have been working on the issue of having your integrated development plans, ensuring that the citizens can determine their future. But that is not quite enough. Quite uh, recently now, we have come with what you call integrated urban uh, development, Mm -hmm. where we are looking into how we will be able to make sure that people can be sustained even in their rural areas Mm -hmm. so that you don't have a massive movement of people moving from the uh, the rural the urban landscape, which landscape basically cannot even be able to adequately uh, sustain these people because basically you will then have to look into matters of health, you will have to look into transportation and so forth. It's a whole range of issues that uh, cities have to look into in ensuring that people can feel that basically they also are part of determining their future. But the main thing that I think Mbassi has been raising is we need to have solutions as Africans. We should not be just objects that are acted upon. We also should basically be able to determine what exactly, what type of future we want from our cities, our local government. Mm. And that means getting young people to be participants, getting our citizens also to decide on their futures and so forth. So it's quite a, a, a difficult exercise, as sure, I sure. indicated earlier. If we are not smart cities, if we are not, more, if we are not also using uh, modern uh, technology, ensuring that we can communicate with our people and so forth. So we're going to take days, a quick break. We, a meeting there under yeah. it, Mr. Manyoni, we're going to take a quick break right now. Sure I'm sorry to well. cut you off there. Yes. But uh, we're going to take a quick break. I want to stay with you and uh, Mr. Mbasi just uh, in the next uh, uh, 10 minutes or so just to unpack some of the issues that you highlighted and also look at the issues of service delivery, which is a big issue for most African countries. How do we accelerate that and make sure that uh, we, we really make sure that the uh, people, even those disadvantaged people coming from poor communities, have the best service delivery on the continent? Hey, what are your thoughts about uh, African cities? Do you think we're headed in the right direction? Do you think that there is a bright spark? Do you think they're changing infrastructurally to really accommodate the poor, to really make up of the uh, past of colonialism that has left many people outside of the picture of development? Let us know your thoughts. Plus two seven seven nine six nine five seven nine three zero. Today we have the privilege of speaking to the Secretary General of the United Cities and Local Governments of Africa, Mr. Jean-Pierre Elong-Bassi, as well as the South African Local Government Association Chairperson that's Salga, which uh, is a um, Mr. Tabo Magnoni. He's also the mayor of the Mangawung uh, local government. We'll take a quick break and continue and unpack some other issues before we wrap up the conversation. Would you like to be featured on our website? Send us interesting pictures such as those of people, events, or anything you think is unique and interesting. Be part of our website and share those memorable moments with Channel Africa and the rest of the world. Don't miss this opportunity. Take a picture now. P. 
Pictures can be sent to info at channelafrica.org. That's info at channelafrica.org. You can view your pictures on www.channelafrica.co.za and also on our Facebook page. Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. Well, today we're zooming at, uh, into issues that will be taking part and be discussed at the Afri Cities Summit, which will be happening next month in uh, Santon Convention Center in South Africa. It's the seventh edition. Really, the theme this is Shaping the Future of Africa and the People, Africa's Local Government Contribution to the Africa 2063 Vision. We're speaking to the key figures that are part of this event, the main organizers who will be actually hosting uh, over 150 thousand local governments from all over uh, the African continent. So it is a big summit. It's something really to really talk about even before this particular event. But let's come back to Mr. Jean-Pierre Elongbasi and highlight some of the issues that the chairperson of Saga highlighted, Mr. Tabo Magnoni, in terms of those issues of migration, issues of uh, connectivity. But also, I want us to deal with this issue of service delivery because it's, it's a big one, especially in the issue of migration whereby there are large numbers of people work, working and uh, coming into uh, these big urbanized areas, these cities, and whereby also we're having challenges in service delivery within the local citizens themselves. How do we actually also make sure that we increase service delivery, that we don't actually get uh, uh, preoccupied by other issues, but also have that maintenance of service delivery as a key uh, thing for our cities. Your thoughts around service delivery, Mr. Mbassi? Well, uh, the, the first thing you, we should be uh, addressing is the changing targets. When you have uh, a city that grows at 7% mm. uh, per year, know that if your city doubles in, in, in population and in, in, uh, in surface every 10 years. So it is very critical to know that we are dealing with uh, cities that have uh, targets that cannot be met because of this uh, huge growth of population. Sure. This is the first, first characteristic. The second characteristic is that uh, we are inherited from uh, a level of service that most people cannot afford. And the affordability issues should be part of uh, the the search for solution. Mm. The second one. The third one is that uh, uh, we have strong communities and strong societies that are very well structured, and we are not using them. So we are calling for uh, a more people-centered uh, 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 strategy. That look at uh, this uh, uh, poor neighborhood or poor city uh, dwellers as assets and not only as a problem. And then finally, we should be looking at service delivery as uh, also an economic uh, uh, opportunity, mm. uh, uh, creating jobs and creating uh, entrepreneurs to uh, fulfill these five functions that every city should be fulfilling, which is feeding the city, building the city, servicing the city, maintaining and operating the city, and managing and administering the city. 
around these uh, uh, services, uh, around these uh, uh, kind of activities, you can build a very strong local economy, provided your reflection is around uh, building on the people that you have, killing them so that they can deliver services uh, in all the areas that I just cited. So these are the key uh, prerequisites. You have to understand your local economy. You have to put in place a system whereby you can mobilize your people, people first, in, uh, uh, in providing services to your, your communities. And uh, the sense that we have is that uh, many of our uh, leaders uh, in local government and even in national government uh, want to go outside uh, searching for solutions while some of the solutions are in our cities, mm. in our African cities, in our communities. So uh, when we say people-centered uh, development, it means just that, that you start by what you have, you build on what you have before, mm. before going uh, to, to search outside. Hmm. Well, let me move that to uh, Mr. Uh, Manioni in terms of looking at service delivery because we know South Africa has have a big history, especially post-democracy, with the issue of uh, big uh, service delivery protests that seem to be continuing uh, and really they give the country a bad reputation in terms of what's in an in international uh, media has always focused on this part of uh, uh, the country, local uh, service delivery protests. How can the country change that around and what is the South African government doing to actually increase capacity there in order to improve uh, service delivery? Yes, um, let me first start by saying um, South Africans since uh, the dawn of democracy they had high expectations of course that uh, their lives will change. The unfortunate part is that change doesn't take place instantly, you know, and unfortunately, we are sort of an instant society. Everything must happen quickly and now, and it should have happened yesterday, actually. So uh, it brings back to what we were talking about, inclusive citizens, smart cities, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. you also need to have resilient cities. In other words, cities must be able to survive. Uh, cities are basically the hubs of the economy of any country. You know, there's no national economy, as we say, in local government. All economies are taking place at local government Mm. uh, level. And also, unfortunately, in South Africa, before, we never really put much on the so-called township economies, on your local economies, to say people must be able to sustain themselves where they are and how we as government can we then support uh, these people at their own local economies? And in most cases, actually, uh, in the African con- continent, your so-called informal um, businesses, which basically mainly are poor people, and most cases are black people in this uh, country, mm. have been seen as you know uh, a nuisance instead of a catalyst to development. And we are not changing that mindset and say, look, people who are trying on their own, <coughs> that is vulgar and that, mm. 
Mm. These are the people that need to be assisted. You know, you can't have just people who are making deals uh, and you think that is the sustainable economy. Mm. Economics is about production and it's about local production in that regard. So those are the practicalities that uh, basically we are looking into. But at the same time, it goes also with governance. Uh, let me indicate. Studies are indicating that uh, there is capital outflow in the Africa continent. In other words, people are making money in this continent, but they are investing or putting it somewhere else. It mm-hmm. is not benefiting mm-hmm. uh, back your, your, your African cities, your mm-hmm. African local government, and so forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, that goes with the issue of taxation, mm-hmm. avoiding paying tax and so on. But the other uh, side of the coin is, if you also build decent, reliable governance structures, people then will have confidence that if I pay my tax, basically it will sure. be assisted in the mm-hmm. But at the moment, we need to find a balance there. Make sure that we have good governance and make sure that people can have confidence and plow back. In other words, reinvest what they have in our own uh, economies sure. in the Let continent. Let me take so that. These are the sure. issues that basically we will be looking sure. into. Sure. Let me take that back as, as yeah. we wrap it up uh, uh, with uh, the um, Mr. Mbasi. Uh, Mr. Mbasi, just looking at that particular issue, it's very interesting when we speak about service delivery. For me, it leads me to the issue of job opportunities as well because when you look at uh, the uh, issue of um, population dynamics right now on the continent, we're seeing this conversation that's happening right now whereby people are speaking about the youth population and also the issue of uh, employment there. And also most of them are in these urban settings. How do we deal with that um, dynamic within these African cities where we accommodate young people in employment? And how do we create these vibrant cities whereby there actually is robust creation of jobs for young people and also there's a good participation of young people within those cities? I'm sure it's a concern for you as well, Mr. Mbasi. Uh, yeah, we have a, a session at Africities dedicated to youth in the city because mm. we think... This is where the battle will be won or, or, or lost. We need to address uh, the issue of young people and their uh, integration in, in uh, the urban society. What we, we see now is that uh, uh, we have a, a level of uh, a level of uh, unemployment that is so high that uh, for some people it is very difficult for them to uh, have. Um, uh, future and this is why most of them are flying outside the continent uh, and trying to earn a living in in other parts of the world Mm. and uh, you know the drama that we are encountering when those young people are dying uh, on uh, on the mediterranean sea Mm. and uh, for for most of the uh, national governments it's just statistics but uh, for most Local government is a, is a funeral ceremony, so it, 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 we are losing our blood, and we need to hope for them at the, on the continent. And the, the the place where this hope can be created is at the local level. This is why I, I insisted that uh, uh, maintaining, uh, building, feeding, uh, servicing the city 
should be an area where uh, a, a local economy can be built mm. and where you, you can you can use the young people to uh, nurture the entrepreneurship uh, spirit and to to let them create uh, 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 the, the kind of uh, companies, the small uh, provider companies mm. that can uh, address these issues of service delivery. And so we, we want uh, local authorities to understand that they have a lot of lot to do to create jobs and to uh, try and get uh, young people involved in the management of this. And uh, we have the advantage of the new technologies that uh, uh, most of the young people are now very alert on these uh, 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 new technologies. Mm. And it can speed up the uh, capacity to be uh, creative in uh, dealing with uh, uh, service delivery in the city, dealing with uh, servicing the other communities, mm. and uh, having a, a perspective that creates more hope sure. and more trust selfless mm. in the way we manage our cities. Mm. Uh, we, we need to create this atmosphere for young people because uh, they are the ones who are the future of this continent, and they, they, they were not treated that well before. Well, we that's how... That the local authorities are at the forefront of this change in mindset. Well, that's how we're going to wrap it up. Thank you to the Secretary General of the United Cities and Local Governments of Africa, Mr. Jean-Pierre Longbasi. I hope to meet you when you come to South Africa next month for the Afri City Summit and hope we can speak again. And thank you as well to the South African Local Government Association's chairperson, Tabumanyoni, also a mayor of the Maungawung local municipality there. Thank you both for giving us your time here on Channel Africa. Thank you Thanks very much, now, that's how we move it on. What are your thoughts? Do you think that uh, we are actually heading the right direction in terms of great cities on the city, uh, great cities on the continent, great cities that are actually inclusive and actually changing in their landscape? Let us know your thoughts. Plus two seven seven nine six nine five seven nine three zero. And not just changing in their landscape for economic reasons, but for the people within those particular areas. We're going to take a quick break. And after this particular break, we're going to move on and quickly get our economic update from Jualani Tulo. Benjamin, good morning. A file on Volkswagen emission scandal has gone missing. A spokesperson for the, gem, for the German state of Lower Saxony says the file, which contained printouts and duplicates of documents, most of which are available online, as well as in-house notes on legal questions, was last seen on October the 9th and noted as missing on October 12th. She says although the loss of the file is annoying, it is not highly problematic. The spokesperson says the missing file has 
has been reported as a criminal offence and interviewed several employees to see whether they had noticed anything unusual, but this has not led to any concrete results. BRICS industry ministers are holding their first meeting in Moscow, Russia. Officials from the five countries are discussing new opportunities for growth and collaborative multilateral infrastructure projects. Russia is also urging governments to eliminate trade barriers between the BRICS countries and the members of the Russia-led Euro-Asian Economic Union. Julia Lyubova reports from Moscow. Heads of industrial authorities from BRICS countries are in Moscow for a meeting on industrial cooperation between the bloc's nations. South Africa is represented by Madala Mosuku, Deputy Minister of Economic Development. What we are coming here to, um, uh, what, what we are targeting to achieve is to solidify our relationship because there have been a lot of uh, interaction between the BRICS countries which were not um, uh, consolidated into a, a relationship. The president of Senegal, Macky Sall, is hosting the Dakar Conference for the African Agriculture Transformation Agenda. The conference brings together ministers of finance and economy, business leaders and trade across the continent and beyond. The three-day conference is expected to result in strong commitments from governments to undertake necessary reforms to prioritize agriculture and engage in innovative agriculture financing mechanisms for Africa. A roadmap will outline the key actions required to deliver a strategy for transformation of African agriculture. Platinum producer Lonman plans a $400 million rights issue and will proceed with a planned restructuring to cut 6,000 jobs in South Africa in the face of depressed prices. Lonman also says it has slashed its capital expenditure for the year to end of September to $136 million from an original target of $250 million. The company had already said it might trim its workforce by up to 6,000, which will include voluntary seven and early retirements. It says a restructuring program is now expected to be completed by the end of September 2016. And finally, South Africa's headline consumer inflation was unchanged at 4.6% year-on-year in September compared with August. On a month-on-month basis, prices were flat in September as they were previously. Core inflation, which excludes the prices of food, non-alcoholic beverages, petrol and energy, was also steady at 5.3% year-on-year in September, but edged higher to 0.4% month-on-month from 0.2%. Taking a look at the financial indicators this hour, the US dollar is trading at 1326 South African Rand, at 1009 Botswana Pula and at 1196 Zambian Kwacha. It is also trading at 0.64 to the British pound and at 0.88 to the euro. On the commodities market, gold is trading at $1,177 and platinum at $1,018 an ounce. Finally, the price of Brent crude oil is at $48.60 a barrel. For Channel Africa, I'm Jolani Tulo. Well, now it's time for us to move on. Let's get our sports from Tamikuza. SABC brings to you Rugby World Cup 2015 live on SABC2 and SABC radio stations. 
In our sport update, let's start with the rugby where South African Springbok coach China Kamea has named an unchanged starting 15 for the team that will play in the semi-finals against New Zealand on Saturday at Twickenham. And that match will kick off at 5 p.m. Central African time. Facing All Black Centre, Mama No and Conrad Smith is posing another big challenge for South African Springbok Centre, Jesse Creel and centre partner, Damian Tealende. But Creel says that they will have no choice but to step up to the challenge. Yeah, I think they're both uh, big, strong guys. Um, I think Noni will pose a different threat. Um, obviously, New Zealand play a bit differently to, to Wales, but I think... Um, Damien's world-class player, so I think he, he will step up. And um, I think the biggest thing is we, we're really looking forward to the challenge and we, we just can't wait for the weekend. And our back home and local football pressure is mounting on Supersport United head coach Gordon Egesant after his team suffered a straight fourth Absa Premiership loss on Tuesday night at home to Golden Arrows at Lucas Moripa Stadium in Attridgeville in Pretoria. Golden Arrows beat Supersport United by two goals to one and now are occupying the 13th spot on the log with five points from seven matches. Head coach Gordon Egesant admits that he's under pressure to deliver. Uh, it's frustrating and, uh, you know, we, we, we put ourselves under huge pressure now. Of course we're under pressure, huge, huge pressure now, you know, and uh, these are the kind of games uh, we're supposed to win. You know, we're supposed to win this game at home and we didn't, you know. The eagerly awaited APSA Premier Soccer League encounter between Jomo Cosmos and Kaiser Chiefs at Oden Park in Pochopstron on Tuesday nights ended in a goalless draw. The match that was billed as David versus Goliath by Soccer Pandits did not live up to expectation at least until the last 20 minutes. However, it was the host Cosmos that celebrated the unexpected point, much to the delight of their coach, John Masono. You know, you cannot complain about winning, about you know, I think the draw was a true reflection of the game. Both teams missed chances. You know, Chiefs could have sneaked the last two minutes when they hit the ball. As you can see, they were happy because that's what they came to see. Two teams playing good football. Meanwhile, his counterpart, Stephen Compella, was diplomatic as always, even though his team had a substandard performance on the night, as he blames Lady Luck for dropping yet another two points. We dropped yet another two points, but in terms of performance, I can't falter the players. And also looking at the number of chances I thought we created, we just needed a bit of luck to hit the back of the net. And there are also a few individuals who I thought did very well. They offered themselves to the team. Jabuma Ngaile is one of them. Uh, Kamaldina Bravo as well. But also compliment must be given to Cosmos. Uh, a bit uncharacteristic of them against Chiefs under any other normal circumstances. They did not kick. And now in swimming, the African Junior Championships swimming in Cairo and Egypt concluded on Tuesday with the South African swimming team claiming the top spot on the combined scores table with a total of 69 medals, 24 gold, 29 silver and 16 bronze. On the final day of the competition, Kerstin Stralzaki won gold with a new championship record time of 5 minutes, 9.32 seconds and the 400 meter individual medley, while the silver went to Algeria's summer catcher in 5 minutes, 12.8 Five seconds and bronze to Uganda's Rebecca Sengozi in five minutes, 18.6 seconds. To end off the competition on a high note, Carissa Van Ruyen, Abrahams, Kutsie and Meda won the 400-meter medley relay in a new championship record time of four minutes, 24.61 seconds, while Strazaka, Hyman, Stradom and Gabby Robla won their respective relay race with a new championship record time 
of 4 minutes 25.34 seconds. Now, finally, in golf, Ian Poulter is the last-minute addition to the field for the latest event on the European Tour, the UPS Hong Kong Open. The winner in 2010 would miss a chance to be in the next year's Ryder Cup team if he didn't play. Nick Tai has more. Poulter dropped out of the world's top 50 after results at the weekend in Portugal and elsewhere, and it meant he wouldn't be eligible to play in the Champions event in Shanghai in two weeks, and therefore he'd fall short of the minimum number of tour events he has to play in a season. And if he didn't meet those requirements, it wouldn't be possible for him to make Darren Clark's team even as a captain's pick. Rich Beam has forfeited his invitation to this event to allow Poulter to get a spot. It's meant a long flight from the United States and he's due to land around 12 hours before starting his first round. Ryder Cup teammates Justin Rose, Graham McDowell and Miguel Angel Jimenez are among the big names at the popular long-standing tournament. That's the end of our sport. Stay tuned to Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. SABC brings to you Rugby World Cup 2015 live on SABC2 and SABC radio stations. Well, that's how we wrap it up. Hey, do you think that we have great uh, futuristic cities? Do you think that there's a great future for African cities? Do you think that they are changing to actually accommodate some of the pitfalls of the past, really to include those who were previously disadvantaged or those who come from rural areas as well? Do we have that those cities that are interconnected to our uh, uh, cities and uh, big problems very much that we have with our cities? in terms of overpopulation so if you want to comment do send us your thoughts on plus two seven seven nine six nine five seven nine three zero don't forget that we have a handle on uh, twitter that's at african dialogue at african dialogue so do follow us there and do send us your comments there we want to hear from you remember african dialogue comes to you every monday to thursday at 1100 hours central african time that's how we wrap up the program. We're going to end it up with uh, Coffee Only Media. This one is titled Efracada.
Christian Aquasar. 